welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. Welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm recording this on YouTube, which if you're watching on YouTube, you're like, uh, no kidding. It's where I'm seeing you. But if you're listening on the podcast, on the podcast app or on Anchor, well, I'm also on YouTube. So if you want to see my face and all the hand gestures that I make when I record this podcast, I suggest that you watch on YouTube. So um, welcome to the episode. A little bit of housekeeping before I get started this week, which I'm really excited about this episode, by the way. I'm excited about all of them but I really like this one. Um, A little bit of housekeeping. I am changing my website, or I did change my website from Destination Begin to Kristen Smith Online because I'm pulling all of the things that I'm working on into one website. And the main thing that I'm working on that I wanna tell you about that I'm really excited about is that I'm doing group mindset coaching. So what I do with individual clients, I'm now doing in a group setting. So I have a group called Second Story. And what that means is, You have a first story in your life with your relationship with food, how you were raised with food, the attitudes in your home with food, how your dinner table was set up, all the things that happened with food that impact you as an adult and how you react to food and how you emotionally relate to food. All of that is basically your first story with food. And this program is called Second Story because most of us have diet, weight loss, health goals, And in order to reach those goals and stay there, we have to intentionally change our relationship with food. So understanding what our first story is, and then we essentially turn the page to a blank set of pages, and we intentionally and with power write our second story with food. So we do that by understanding what do we want and what's our history that proves to us we can do hard things. What have we already accomplished? Who are we inside? Once we know that, we can say, all right, clearly I can do hard things. Clearly I can accomplish big things. I've done all of these things. I have all of these beautiful gifts and qualities. Now, what do I want? How am I going to get there? And we learn about the lizard brain. We learn about setting food rules. We talk together about our food rules. We'll help each other with mantras. The, The new rewiring of our brain so that when we see food that does not serve us, we know how to walk away. We know how to say, that's not my French fry. We know how to say, I love fried chicken and I'm gonna have it this many times and I'm gonna feel good about it. And it's not going to make me fat or keep me fat. I'm not gonna have it every day. I'm not gonna have it just cause I see it. I'm gonna have it when I choose to have it. So we're gonna come to a place of power intentionally writing our new relationship, our second story with food. So that's what I'm doing and it's really awesome. Our program started a couple weeks ago, but I'm adding people every week. So if you're interested in working with me, this is a great way to do it. You can jump into the program. There's an onboarding piece to get you caught up on the beginning so you know exactly what the basics are. And then you join our group calls every week. So if you're interested in that, Kristen Smith Online has the information. You can always send me an email, Kristen at kristensmithonline.com and get you started in the program. Otherwise, just check it out. My story is on there. There's lots of great information. There's also a really great assessment on there if you're just curious to understand yourself a little bit better and what you want. Um, Really great leading questions to bring you to a place of understanding of, hey, what do I want and why do I want it? So check out the website, kristensmithonline.com. Also, my Instagram has changed. It is now real Kristen Smith. Why? Because I'm real. I'm real. Now, I do have a little makeup on today because I'm on the YouTubes. (laughs) But I try to be a little bit more real on my Instagram. I try to be, you know, uncut, unfiltered, just me. And um, I think it's important that people understand that we don't all look perfect all the time. We don't all make good decisions all the time. We don't always have a clean, organized kitchen all the time, if you watch my pancake video. Uh, But check me out there on Instagram. I'm always trying to encourage and motivate you. And I post workouts, at-home lifts. I try to just keep a nice stream of good information going there. So, all right. So this week on the episode, what I'm here to talk about is my most recent bikini bodybuilding competition. I had done a couple of podcasts earlier this year because I did my first bikini bodybuilding competition back in May. 
and I prepped up for it with my best friend Amanda and so she and I had done an episode talking about the prep life and then um, talking about the show and then I did one about what happened after the show <laughs> and so I basically had said I was never doing it again and yet here we are I did one again so I want to talk a little bit about this if you haven't listened to the other episodes. So bodybuilding is, uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a sport, and there's lots of different classes. And the bikini class is the smallest class. So basically, it's women. You build muscle. You try to build nice broad shoulders, narrow waist, big glutes. Um, you put on a jewelry bikini. You get spray tanned. You show off your muscles. You get judged on your shoulder cap to waist ratio and your glute muscles. Um, there's other divisions as well. There's physique, there's figure, there's women's bodybuilding. Those all involve adding a lot of muscle. And then of course there's the men's bodybuilding, which you've seen the Arnold Schwarzeneggers, um, uh, all the way down to the physique, which is the smaller build. Um, guys who just work on their upper body, wear board shorts, they get judged also on the upper body. It's it's a beautiful sport. I love it. I think the human body is beautiful and muscles are beautiful. And if you're going to lift weights um, anyway, it's kind of a fun thing to do to have a goal instead of just going to the gym and picking up weights and lifting. So I had done a show with my friend Amanda. We had decided, you know, we've run marathons. We love to work out. She was an Ironman. She'd done, I think, three Ironmans. Um, I haven't done those. It sounds terrible. But just done all kinds of active things, hiking and biking. And it's kind of like, what's next? Let's do something hard together. So last October, we went and watched a bodybuilding show in Minnesota. And we looked at each other and we're like, are we going to do this? Are we going to put on a sparkly thong and stick our butts out to be judged? Yes, we are. So we immediately started prepping. Um, we actually kind of started prepping last summer, but we really decided let's do this. So last October, I started to lift very intentionally to build shoulders, build glutes. The building the glutes thing didn't work so great, but it did build me some shoulders. And uh, in January, I started the prep diet, which is 20 weeks of really concentrated macro-based nutrition. So very controlled protein, carbs, and fat, lots of lifting, lots of cardio to start, you know, building muscle and shredding fat off the body. So by May 8th, I was exhausted and um, super, super lean. So I actually had gotten COVID for the last about 12 days leading up to the competition. Was not fully aware or sure of the fact that I had COVID, but in hindsight, these are things that we understand now. So Going into it, I had gotten a lot skinnier than I really should have. I lost some muscle. Um, I started out at about 167 pounds at the beginning of prep, and I took the stage at 137 pounds, which is very skinny for me at 5'9". Um, looking back at the photos, I'm like, holy buckets, I was so skinny. Um, but I felt good, I felt beautiful. I put on my sparkly bikini that was ended up being too big um, because I'd lost so much weight. Um, but did my thing. I did my posing. I learned the posing routine. Really just owned it. I had said if I was going to do this, I was going to do it. And so I felt really confident. I got to wear the big long hair extensions, do the spray tan, um, get the hair and makeup done. I just felt pretty and girly and powerful, especially having had been 400 pounds in my life. To stand on that stage at 137 pounds in a sparkly bikini and yes stick my butt out in the faces of judges and a huge audience and I had no shame I had nothing to be embarrassed about and um I was so proud of myself I didn't place I don't know how many women there were there were so many women in that show it was huge I was probably like second to the last because I don't have a nice big round bootay which is really necessary so but it was a great experience um and then I spent the next month in a complete tailspin, complete tailspin with food because 20 weeks of hyper-controlled food um, is not healthy for anyone, it's not sustainable, and I don't believe in it um, as a lifestyle. And so I knew going in it was gonna be tough to reverse diet, and it was, and it was five billion trillion times harder than I even imagined. All of a sudden, every food was allowed and I just wanted to stuff my face. And I just, I couldn't be done. Every day I'd be like, all right, I'm getting back to healthy food. I feel like garbage. I felt so sick all the time. 
And then I'd say, just one more day, just one more day. And then I was hating myself. And I was right back to that shame spiral that I used to be in um, before I found the way of life and way of eating that I am now. And so I had to coach myself. I had to write new food rules. I had to keep myself accountable every single day until I got my arms back around my eating. And it took a good month to really start to get to feel secure in that. So um, then I decided to have my last skin removal surgery. So when I had dieted down to that and um, had to stick my butt out in front of people, I did a podcast about this as well. Um, There was a lot of loose skin on my butt. And so I went in, I found a surgeon here in Miami and he uh, did a, it's a lower body lift. So basically I did an incision around my back. So where my tummy tuck scars were, he started there and went all the way around my back and pulled up the skin and cut it off. So it took about five inches off each butt cheek of skin. So this was terrible timing. I had the surgery, my show was May 8th. I had the surgery June 7th. So I'm in like this firestorm in my head of food. Now I am cut from hip to hip when I am pretty weak physically. My, my health was not great. I had had COVID. I had been depleted nutritionally. And now I'm trying to recover from major surgery, which I went into it thinking it was no big deal. And um, couldn't exercise. Laying around, nothing to do, couldn't exercise, just wanting all the food, in pain, and my body was not healing very quickly. So June was a tough month for Kristen. <laughs> the healing was terrible. The healing on the surgery took forever. Um, I can't even go into the details about... <laughs> Uh, basically I had one part of my incision that wouldn't close and I had swelling. And so I just roll over in my bed at night and it would just like open up and that you just use your imagination or I'd be like taking a shower and I'd wash it. And all of a sudden like, yep, it would just be open. And then just, I don't know. I'm not going to be graphic, but you know what grape jelly looks like? It's basically, it was like blood clots. It was disgusting and it just kept happening. And it was traumatic. When you look in the mirror or you look down at your body and that is happening, it's like your brain is like, what's going on? And um, it was awful, but eventually it did close up. I had a lot of swelling all summer, but eventually was able to get back to my normal routine and starting lifting. So... I wasn't going to go back to do another show, but my friend Octavio um, had decided to do a bodybuilding show because he was inspired watching me prep for mine. And and it was in Atlanta the end of September. And so as that got closer, I thought, you know, I should really go and support him. I should go cheer him on. Got into this mess because of me and he's my good friend and um, I should go. So I booked a trip to go to cheer him on. And then I was looking at the event. I thought, you know, it's like, I think at that time it was eight weeks away. I thought, you know, I could prep up and put the suit on again. It'd be really fun since I'm going to be there just to register for one class in my age group. It's a small show. Um, And it would get me kind of back to lifting and routine. I love, I love the prep life. But I thought I'm not going to go as extreme. I'm not going to do such an extreme diet. I'm not going to stop eating carbs. I'm just, I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to get as lean. I'm not going to get as thin, but let's just see what can happen with eight weeks of consistent lifting and very controlled diet. I mean, controlled diet, but with energy. And so that's what I did. I registered and went on an eight week prep and it went really, really well. My body did not respond like it did the first time. I started at about 165 and um, the day I left for show, I was 158. So in eight weeks, seven pounds, um, that's not very much considering how hard I was working and lifting. Um, And so, but it was, it is what it is. My body did what my body did. Um, I wasn't perfect on this prep. I didn't follow all the rules all the time. I had some days where I could have done better. I didn't get all my cardio, but I still felt good. I still felt like I looked good. I was proud of the body that I brought. And then of course, you know, right before show, you get dehydrated and that pulls a lot of water weight off and then you can really see muscle. So it was fine. Show day, I couldn't weigh on show day, but I think I was about 151, 152. So considering I was 137 the time before, I was quite a bit bigger, but I feel like I looked healthier. 
So flew to Atlanta, um, met up with Octavio, went to the show. It was a really, really well-run show. It was a small show. It was in Dalton, Georgia. It was the first one um, for this promoter in that area. And um, there was only five women in my class of 40 and over bikini. So I registered for novice, which would be anyone who'd done a bikini show but had never won. So I registered for that too, just to be able to walk on the stage twice and to give them another $110. (laughs) But it was really fun. It was Octavio's first show and he is um, 59. And so he was in the master's uh, classic physique and physique divisions. And so when you're a little older, there are typically fewer competitors um it's just a sport typically for more younger guys um but also guys in his his age group don't tend to look as good as he does he's been i mean he's in really good shape anyway and he prepped up to the letter so it was really fun to go and see him do his first experience and um i've never done a sh- i've never watched the guys in a show i've only ever watched the girls cuz i don't really care about the guys but this time i obviously had to care about the guys cuz my like there was a guy there that i knew and so when they spray tan you, when they spray tan girls, you're naked and they just, I mean, you're naked and they just spray tan you, but they don't do your face because you end up getting hair and makeup done. Well, guys, they spray their faces, which I didn't know. So I come out of the tent, like in my robe, you're like all like sticky and covered in spray tan. It's such a gross feeling. And I turn around and there's Octavio. Is <laughs> It looks like a Oompa Loompa. I started laughing. Especially standing next to him because I wasn't very tan. My face wasn't tan. And then he was like, just like orangey brown. It was hysterical. So that was funny. Um, And then they had this really great expo there. When I did my show in St. Louis, we didn't get anything. It was really dumb. Like there was like two tables. You got like a stupid t-shirt that didn't fit. Um, I would never do that show again. Now in hindsight, it was a total disaster. Like it was a shit show. But anyway, this one was run so well there was a huge expo we got shirts and bags and giant cookies to eat after and they gave us mats because when you sit on the floor backstage and you lay down and put your feet up so that you don't have cramps they gave us mats to lay on they gave us everything that we needed everyone was so nice people in georgia are so nice it's so nice you guys i had no idea that i was going to the nicest place ever and I come from Minnesota, and they say Minnesota is Minnesota nice. No, it's baloney. It's Minnesota passive aggressive. Minnesota's not nice. It's a lie. It's a lie. I'm sorry. Sorry if you're from Minnesota and you think they're nice. You're not. You're passive aggressive. Maybe you are not. Maybe there's, maybe you, you who are watching me, you're from Minnesota. You're nice. If you like me, you're nice. But in general, Minnesotans are passive aggressive jerk faces. They're not welcoming. Everybody's known each other forever. When you move there and you don't know someone, get used to it because they don't welcome you into their groups. Everyone stays inside. Nobody talks to each other because they hate their lives because Minnesota's terrible. Where did this come from? Okay, anyway, I love Miami. People say, why did you move to Miami? And I'm like, have you been to Minnesota? That should, you don't even need to ask me that. If you've been to Minnesota, you know exactly why I left there. Okay, I'm done. I love Min- I can't even say I love Minnesota. Minnesota's fine if you like it. Anyway, so Friday night, went to the show, got all tanned, um, got to have a cheat meal, which this is what I learned. My coach said, have a burger and fries. You really need to fill out your muscles. Well, I didn't want to get fat before stage, which he said, you're not going to get fat before stage. Trust me, it goes to your muscles. So I had a steak and I had french fries and I was very measured about it because, you know, I know better than my coach who's done 20 billion shows. So whatever. I ate. Saturday morning, my makeup appointment was at 4.45 in the morning, but luckily it was in my hotel. So I went downstairs. The tanning people and the hair and makeup people were all the same and they were so sweet. Again, compared to St. Louis, those hair and makeup people were just fine, but this was like family. It was such an amazing experience. I wish that that I'd had that experience at my first show. And I was so happy Octavio got to have an experience like that at his first show. So hair and makeup, I was done by 6 a.m. I used my extensions. I loved them so much. Oh my gosh, you guys. I love getting all glammed up. It's so much fun. So headed over to the venue, got in the backstage, got another spray tan, 
um, extra sticky. Oh my gosh, spray tan is, it smells and it's so uncomfortable, but um, got our spray tan and then Octavio took the stage earlier in the day that like he was, you know, men's physique goes early. Um, he did really well. What they do is they line you up and then have you move around and you kind of see where you think that you're going to be placed based on where they put you in pre-judging. So they moved him to the middle, which is the number one spot basically, and lined up everyone else. So we knew in pre-judging he was gonna do well. He was in six classes, and in five of them, it looked pretty good like he was gonna do well. So then the bikinis got to go um, up and do my, my routine, and I didn't practice posing enough. I should have practiced posing more, but it was still really fun. I got to do my routine, and. Um, they didn't have me move. I was at the end, so there was five of us, so I was pretty sure I was going to be fifth place out of five, which is fine. I don't have a butt, so, you know, but I looked good. I was lean. I was really proud of my physique. I was not going to beat anyone else in a bikini bodybuilding competition, but I beat myself, and that's why I did it. I did a little video, too. It's like the reason why I, honestly, the main reason why I even bothered doing this was to prove to myself that I could. And then also because I really want to continue to show people you can do anything. This is a body representation of something hard. This is me taking my body from 405 to 137. And then again from 165 down to 152 because I wanted to. Period. If, if I can do that to my body, it's just a symbol of what a person can do. You can do anything that you want to do. You want to change your body? You can. Do you want to change your life? You can. <laughs> do you want to get a new job? You can. Do you want to quit your job and start a business running a boot camp on the beach? You can. You can. Are you willing? That's really the question. So that's a big reason why I do this. But the biggest reason that I was there was to support Octavio, which was really, really fun. Um, to see somebody do something like that for the first time and really, I mean, he just shined. It's definitely his sport. Um, it was really, really, it was cool to see the men um, bonding and the camaraderie and that they cheered each other on. Um, there was an ego going on. There was some comparisons to kind of see like, oh, I guess I thought I'd do well, but look at that guy. But just so much positive energy between these men. I loved watching it. I loved seeing Octavio be a ringleader in that. It was really cool. Um, so I loved seeing the the men side of it. And the female competitors were awesome too. I met this girl. Her name was Scarlett, 22. She ended up winning the True Novice bikini. So it was her first time. She was up against all the other first timers and she won by a landslide. She's going to have a huge, great career in the sport. And the sweetest thing. Oh my gosh. She's just adorbs. So I loved meeting them. Um, so in between shows, uh, morning and finals, again, told to eat burger and fries. I'm like, nope. So Oct Octavio and I shared a chicken <laughs> and had rice. And then um, he practiced his routine. So he did classic physique, which you have to do a routine to music. And I took a nap. So I went back for finals. Um, Octavio slayed it. He had people in tears because of the emotion and the beautiful song that he had chosen. It was awesome. He ended up taking first um and his age group for classic physique and then in the rest of his classes he got two second places a third and a fourth so he did amazing it was really cool to see like kind of his star being born i was really i don't know i was excited that i inspired that in his life and that i got to see it all come to fruition so it was really really cool um, and then i went up for my division for finals and because there was five of us we all got medals so I got fifth place, so I got a big old medal. You know, it's really heavy. Um, I got women's bikini, masters, 40 plus, class A, fifth place. And you know what? I just tell people, they're like, how'd you do? I'm like, I took fifth. They're like, that's so great. And then I should just stop talking, but I can't. I have to be honest. I'm like, ask me how many people there were. Like, how many people were there? I'm like, there was five, but I got a tiara which I always put it on crooked. By the way, if you have a crooked neck, if you have an imbalance in your equilibrium, take a hat or a crown and put it on your head the way that you think it's straight. So like right now, I think this is straight. It is not. I just proved um, that my brain is crooked. This feels straight, you guys. 
Anyway, for those of you listening, you can't see, but on YouTube, it's clearly crooked. Anyway, so I got a tiara for each of my wins. And um, so I took fifth in novice and in my age group. So I was so excited to, you know, you pay money, you go, you spray tan, you do all these things. It's nice to get like, I don't know, this probably cost him 10 bucks for this medal and I got to wear it. So it was fun to be able to do that. Show got over and um, we went out to five guys. And I told Octavio, I'm like, this is like when you run a marathon, you get a medal. You don't wear the medal ever again, except on race day, you get to wear it the whole day. So we went into five guys. I was in um, these beautiful camo um, sweatpants that my friend Cheryl lent me, and then my bikini top, and my two medals, and um, I had put on my Miami Beach Boot Camp trucker hat, because I felt very myself in my Beach Boot Camp stuff, because I love them so much, and then I put my tiara on top of the hat. So here we are in Five Guys, having burgers and fries and a shake, Octavio we put actual clothes on, wearing five medals around his neck, who's pulling his head down, I've got a bikini, a sparkly bikini on, and two giant medals and a tiara and a trucker hat, and we're stuffing our faces. It was magic. And then there were tears. We were crying, talking about the experience. People thought we were insane and don't care. So it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I'm really glad that I got to bring home some hardware. And again, just really excited for Octavio because this is a career, I think, uh, career sport that he could do, he's 59, but he could be doing this for the rest of his life and uh, mentoring other people. So it was really great. But so all that to say, it was a really great experience and prepping up this time a little bit more reasonably was way less um, unhealthy for me and it didn't trigger me to be like a bingey. So I enjoyed uh, a really nice burger and fry and milkshake Saturday night. And then Sunday we went to Cracker Barrel and I had breakfast. And if there's one thing I love in this world, it's pancakes and biscuits. So I got to have biscuits and pancakes. And here's the thing. Sunday, my muscles looked amazing. My body looked better than it had the whole show. So if I'd listened to my coach and really eaten what he told me to eat Friday night and Saturday, I would have done much better. I would have looked better. But I tried to just say like, no, I'm going to do it my way. Sunday, full of all of those carbs and all that food, my muscles filled out. My vascularity improved, looked amazing. So I really wish I'd listened to my coach. Probably would have still finished fifth, but it's just a lesson. Listen to your coach if you have a coach. If your coach tells you to go eat junk food, eat the junk food. <laughs> so, but anyway, I got home from the show. I got home late Sunday night and um, got right back to my normal healthy eating. Um, so I'm really excited that I was able to do this show prep up, follow a really strict diet, but not go crazy. And it didn't trigger me to go crazy on the other side of it. So I think, I think I'm hanging up my bikini because here's what happened. Honestly, leading up to the show, the couple weeks before I was feeling really good in my skin. I was lifting. I was feeling good with my lifts. I was cardioing. I had energy. I felt good walking down the street in my skin. And then I put that bikini on and looked all glam and pretty but all of a sudden I'm standing next to a bunch of women who have glutes that are bigger than mine, skin that looks better than mine. I have fresh scars around my entire body that showed through the spray tan. Um, I have a lot of flaws, flaws on my skin that I don't think about. I don't look at them. I feel good in my skin. I have done the work to my body and I've done the work to my heart and my mind and I love myself. I do not have shortcomings or I should say, I don't have hangups about my body. I'm stoked out of my mind that my body looks the way it is and I work for it. But you put me in that bikini under the harsh lights of a convention center next to a, like 22 year old Scarlet and then all these other people who have better butts, probably because a lot of them have worked harder than I have on it and for longer and also some genetics. And all of a sudden I'm working my, I'm having to work so hard at just feeling like I belong there. I was working so hard not to feel bad about my body. I don't want to feel less than. I'm just as good as all the time. I'm just as good as all the time. And in that setting, it was so hard for me to feel just as good as. And I don't want to feel that way. Maybe if I had built a booty and I was more like competitive and I could place maybe I would feel a little differently. 
but it's just not worth it at this stage in my life to put myself in a situation where I feel less than. So I think I'm going to stay involved in the sport, the sport by supporting other people in the sport, like Octavio and Randy is doing his first show this coming weekend. So I'm going to Minnesota to the show that I went to last year that started everything. I was going to actually be in that show and I decided not to be. Amanda was going to be in that show with me. We were going to tromp across the stage, uh, but she decided not to. So I'm just going in a support role, but I'm excited to see um, my friends. I'm excited to see Randy and his first show and be a part of the sport. But the bikini is in a box and I think it's going to stay there. So that was my story for my second show. I learned a lot about myself again. A, listen to when people tell me to do something. And then... Um, I just want to I just want to do all the things. I went back to CrossFit recently. I'm going to do CrossFit. I'm doing a half marathon in February. I'm still going to lift, but I'm going to get back to just enjoying moving my body in ways that feel good and wearing clothes that make me feel good and not worrying about how my butt looks in a sparkly thong. Because when it's not in a sparkly thong, I kind of like my butt. And my butt has only ever served me. I'm sitting on it right now and it's doing a real good job. So that's all I have for you today in this episode. If you like this podcast, share it. If you like this YouTube video of this podcast, subscribe and leave a comment and review because it helps me and stuff on YouTube. Um, Send it to somebody and um, continue supporting all the things that I do. Follow me on kristensmithonline.com and on Instagram, realkristensmith. And um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, and I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a review, five stars would be a great idea. You know, I'm a fifth place bikini bodybuilder winner, so you could leave five stars for my podcast and five stars for my YouTube channel, and it'll be a little trend. How's that? All right. That's all I have for you. Thank you for listening to this podcast, supporting this podcast. Send a link to your friends. Follow and subscribe on YouTube. Thank you for being here. Bye. That's all I have for you today in this episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please send it to a friend. I know I'm more likely to follow a recommendation when someone makes it easy for me. So send them a link to this episode. And also, if you don't mind, leave a review, subscribe to the podcast. It really helps in podcasting world to get some traction when people share and leave reviews. So please do that. If you have questions or comments about this episode, you can find me on Instagram, Real Kristen Smith on Instagram. Otherwise, you can also email me, Kristen, at kristensmithonline.com. And check out my website, kristensmithonline.com. Until next time, you take care of yourself. And remember, if you truly knew what was inside of you, you would never shrink. Hi, hi. Welcome to the podcast. I haven't podcasted in a hot minute. I keep saying that every time that I podcast. It seems like um, I have this intention that I'm going to do it more often, and then I don't. But, you know, I kind of want to wait till I have things to say. So um, I have something to say. So welcome to the episode. Um, First of all, a little bit of housekeeping, as usual. Um, I am filming this for YouTube. Hello, YouTube. Um, As well as recording this for um, Anchor and um, iTunes and Spotify. So if you listen, I really, really appreciate it if you send a link to someone that you know so they can also listen to the same episode. When I share a podcast or a book and I'm like, hey, you should listen to this or read this, the chances of them like looking for it, very small. But if I send them a direct link to the thing that I'm talking about, the chances of them reading it or listening to it are much, much greater. That's how I operate too. So if you like this podcast, you like this on YouTube, please send an actual link. Um, Podcasting is hard to break into. I've been doing this for a while. Um, The popularity is growing, but ultimately sharing is the number one way that this gets out to people. So that and um, if you follow me on Instagram, I have um, changed my name yet again. I can't decide things, and so I change things a lot. But the Kristen experience is finally the last iteration of my Instagram 
um, because it drives with my new membership site that I am launching. So for those of you out there who want to work with me and who like all of my content but don't want to pay to actual coach with me, um, the Kristen experience is a way for you to get access to workouts with me, um, how I coach people to lose weight, all the things that I teach, plus mantras and fun and motivation, all of that stuff is going to be part of the Kristen experience. And that's going to be a donation based membership. So I was going to charge for it, but it's been laid on my heart lately um, that you know what? I love to give and I hate having these conversations with people. This is how it goes. Hi. I have gained weight, I wanna talk to you, I need help. So I call them and I call you and I say, how can I help you? And we talk about your goals and I know that I can help you, okay? I help tons of people lose weight, hundreds of people now. I have helped to lose weight and achieve their goals. I know what I'm doing. I've lost over 250 pounds. I'm very confident that I can help you reach your goals. But I charge money because I don't have a job. This is my job. And my time should be worth something, but I'm not naming names here, but 99% of the people that I talk to say, oh, I can't afford that. I don't have it in my budget. I want your help. I want you to coach me. I want to lose weight, but I'm not going to actually sacrifice money for it. And so I've had to say, okay, well, I cannot give my time away. And so I cannot help you. And then I leave really sad because I know I can help you but I can't make you pay me and I certainly can't tell you what is a priority in your life. And so nobody wins. And this makes me very sad because I have a fire in my belly to help and reach as many people as I can. Because living my life in this body without 250 pounds on it is amazing. I love, love walking around in my skin and you can too. I can help you. But money is the reason why I can't help everyone your money is not coming to me. Therefore, my help isn't coming to you. I'm fixing it. I'm giving you the membership to the Kristen Experience. I'm not giving it to you for free. You're going to give me something, whatever you want. You're going to make a donation to me, and I'm going to donate you life-changing help. So from now on, if you want help in losing weight, you can have it. You can donate to me. Tell me you did and I will send you a subscription access to the Kristen Experience. You're gonna be able to learn everything that I teach. You're gonna get a customized diet plan so that you know how to eat everything that I do. You're gonna get it. So you no longer can say, I can't afford to work with Kristen. Because you can. Whatever you want, if you wanna give me a dollar, if you wanna give me a million dollars, don't care. I'm gonna give it to you. I feel very, very, very strongly that my experience will help you and that the purest way that I can help you is by not putting a price tag on it. So that's what I'm doing. It's scary because I don't have a job and I'm trusting that the right people will come along in the right numbers that even if all of you only donated a dollar that I won't be homeless. Although <laughs> I live on Miami Beach and being homeless in Miami Beach isn't that bad. Actually, there's homeless people sleeping on the beach all the time when I go set up for the workouts and they look pretty cozy. So I'm actually not even scared of that. But if you want to work with me, I'm hoping that you feel like it's worth more than a dollar. Um, but I really hope that you want to work with me. So there's my little disclaimer. So if you're watching me on YouTube, you just saw that. This is my living room. This is my setup. I have like these little thingies that block the fact that my living room is full of boot camp gear. Um, I live in a very small condo and um, I have wagons full of battle ropes and kettlebells and weights and BOSU balls and um, agility ladders, dead balls, slam balls. All of it is in this big giant sandy wagon, two wagons, and they're sitting in my living room. And then I have two bikes that are stacked on the wagons. Um, and I have a 700 square foot condo. So I have these little wall thingies up so it looks pretty in here. <laughs> and so that you can't see that behind me um, is, I can't reach it or I'd move it just because it's funny, um, is my life, which I love. Today is the one year anniversary of me arriving in Miami. I drove from Minnesota 
and my lease started on October 20th last year and I moved into this condo. I had no idea what was in store. I knew that I'd be here for six months and I was gonna work remotely as the controller of the law firm that I worked for in Minnesota and enjoy the beach and enjoy not being in Minnesota for the winter. I had no idea that I would quit my job, my job that was like working for Willy Wonka, had a six figure income with full benefits working remotely for the most amazing human beings on the entire planet. The greatest job, I'm telling you, I had the greatest job working for the greatest people. They did not care that I came down here. In fact, when I was here for a little while, I said, hey, can I live here permanently and can I keep my job? And they said, sure. So I could have just kept that job and lived here and worked remotely forever. Um, But I started this little thing called Miami Beach Boot Camp and started meeting amazing people and getting personal training clients and weight loss coaching clients. And pretty soon I was so busy doing both things that it came time to make a decision. What am I gonna do full time? Am I going to stay the controller for a law firm and do accounting? Or am I gonna go all in on changing lives and doing what I believe in, which is teaching people they can get unstuck? And um, on March 5th, the universe put it in front of my face and said, choose. And I chose to give my notice and say yes to the plan of the universe to invest my life in loving on people here via movement, community. I don't know, I feel like my job here is love. I love on these people that come to the beach. I write workouts, I train up coaches. We've got homegrown coaches now we have. We just did a photo shoot, there's eight of us. Eight of us coaches at Miami Beach Boot Camp in a year ago. It didn't exist. And we have people come out to the beach every morning to move at sunrise, move and honor their bodies. Um, we've built a community of friends. Um, I feel like they're my family. Um, I'll just go into the beach in the mornings. Um, personal training clients that I've just become my friends, um, building this online coaching community. It's just been amazing. So I'm full of gratitude and I don't mind that I live in a little tiny closet condo full of sand and BOSU balls because it's beautiful. So what I want to talk about today is a little bit about that. It's um, about this idea of visualization. So a couple of years ago, I was doing Andy Frisella's program, um, 75 Hard. A lot of you found me via the podcast for 75 Hard. So it's a 75-day mental toughness program. And then it Um, feeds into the Live Hard program, which is another three phases, one of which involves um, every single day for 30 days, 10 minutes of visualization, which means closing your eyes and imagining what you want, imagining it from the place of having it, so really being in the moment. And so back then, I was imagining being here in Miami Beach. I wanted to come here for a month or two. I had no idea how it was going to work. But I imagined going for a run on the beach path right outside my door and being all sweaty and coming up to the fingerprint reader. I imagined the way it would feel to touch the fingerprint reader and hear the doo-doo-doo and the gate open and walking into the lobby and feeling the air conditioning hit my skin and pushing the elevator button and going up to a condo and living in this building. And now I live here and that is my life. And it's no coincidence because visualization is that powerful. And so when I help people with weight loss, one of the most important things that I teach is the idea of visualizing your goals completed. It's really hard. If you've never been in a body that you love, if you've never had success in losing weight and keeping it off, it's hard to imagine walking through life in a body that isn't you know, really heavy or with pants that fit really well or to go to a workout class and feel successful and not be the sweatiest person there or be the least fit person there. It's really, really hard because if you've never done it, I mean, I was 400 pounds. I couldn't even imagine going into a gym and not being stared at. And yet spending time imagining, closing your eyes, imagining your body in the way that you want it to be and then going out through your day. So I teach people, imagine waking up in the morning in the body of your dreams, having met your goals, and you wake up and you just simply touch your stomach and it's flat. 
and there isn't a big belly there that you're trying to lose or there isn't a pooch there that you're trying to lose or perhaps you reach down and your legs are thinner or you feel it around your neck and you're no longer buried under some some weight that makes you snore at night how does that feel imagine it really feel what that must feel like to touch your skin and like what it feels like and then how does it feel when you sit up and your feet hit the floor and you start to move in the morning and you start to stand on your feet and your body is light and things don't hurt really imagine what that will feel like what it will feel like to walk into the bathroom and turn the light on and see yourself in the mirror how do you look in your eyes when you look into the eyes of someone who has consistently shown up for themselves hi good morning Kristen yesterday you followed the plan you executed period you won the day yesterday how do you look at yourself in the mirror when you have honored your commitment to yourself your chin is up your shoulders are back you're proud you get into the shower you wash your body you're feeling your skin you're feeling your body you're feeling your body in shape you're feeling muscles you're feeling tight skin you're feeling the body that you've wanted that you finally have how does it feel imagine doing that imagine stepping out and drying off that beautiful body imagine going into your closet and saying i can wear everything in this closet there isn't a fat clothes section there isn't a doesn't fit me section these clothes all fit me and i can put whatever i want on and then i can button them with ease and walk out the door feeling good in my outfit if you do this visualization process over and over and over again your brain, your subconscious and your conscious is going to work together to make it a reality. So when you're sitting down to eat food that maybe doesn't serve you, this is going to come back to your brain. You're going to remember visualizing what you want. And all of a sudden, you're going to find it easier to make decisions that support you getting that thing that you just visualized. Your brain is going to be constantly working on how do I get the thing that has been imagined because your brain doesn't know that's a dream. Your brain thinks this is the state we must be. You basically teach yourself what reality is going to be. It's not magic. It feels like magic, but it works. It's so amazing. And it's so powerful when we do this in terms of body and weight loss goals. What is also really, really important and comes first and will impact the rest of your life is the same process in your brain with talk. So we are very hard on ourselves. I am the queen of feeling bad. There's something I can feel bad, I'm gonna feel bad about it. I'm always trying to manage the outcomes. Go to dinner with people, is everybody having a good time? Oh my goodness, this person isn't talking. I feel so bad, do they feel bad? Someone needs to talk to them, I need to talk to them. Pull them in. And then I feel bad. I don't feel like everybody engaged. I don't feel like I talk to every, I mean, it's ridiculous. I wake up in the morning. I think about all the things that I have to do. I think about a couple things I could have done yesterday. Immediately, gosh, you suck. You're lazy. You know, you're never going to make it. You are going to be homeless because you're not working hard enough. Bam, bam, bam. Well, guess what? That does not serve me. That sucks all the energy out of my day. That sucks all the energy and momentum out of my potential for the day. So what's really, really important is to visualize my day going exactly as I wish. And instead of thinking about what I don't want, think about what I do want. I was like, I don't want to get to the end of the day and not have my to-do list checked off. So instead of saying that, I'm going to say, I'm going to write my, to- my checklist. I'm going to make sure that it's possible that I can do all of these things. So I know at the end of the day, this is all going to be checked off. So I'm going to make a very doable list for myself. I can always add to it later, but I'm ensuring that I get the outcome that I want. I'm ensuring that my day is what I want instead of sitting here like, I hope it's not this or I don't want this. Instead of saying what I don't want, I say what I do want and I make sure it happens. So when we hear negative self-talk, it's important to set ourselves up for success so those things don't happen, but also 
Another nugget that just happened the other day when I was talking to one of my clients was the negative self-talk. It's kind of like having a bullet come at you. Um, Sometimes we don't have the energy um, to come up with a happy thought to replace the bad thought. So if we're thinking like, wow, I'm a loser, sometimes um, we don't have the energy, the courage, or the words to say, I'm an amazing warrior. I'm actually really terrific. Sometimes we can't cheer ourselves up and that's okay. Because if a bullet is coming at you, you don't need to find a flower or something pretty to deflect it. You just need to stop the bullet. So if you have a negative thought like, wow, I'm fat today, I'm a loser, I'm a failure, you can simply change the thought pattern. Instead of replacing it with, I'm amazing, just go, just look around and start naming things you see. Just stop the negative thought. So I'm a loser, I'm fat, I'm terrible. Uh, Flower, apron, tree, fingernail. Hmm, Florida, Iowa, my mother, Jesus. (laughs) Just start thinking of anything else to interrupt the dagger, the deadly words coming at your soul and spirit. You don't have to come up with something beautiful to replace the bullet. So instead of the bullet, a flower is coming at you. We don't always have the energy for that. Sometimes we can turn the negative words into beautiful words of life. But if we're exhausted and we don't have that capacity in that moment, just interrupt it. Just throw some words in the way. Notebook, telephone, energy drink, kitchen, doggies, puppies, airplanes. (laughs) It sounds so weird, but it works. It's interrupting the pattern. It's interrupting the flow of bad negative words that are coming out our hearts. So we're so powerful. Our brains are so powerful. I encourage you to incorporate some active word bullet intervention skills. So even if it's a tiny little thing, like say you get up, you look in the mirror and you're like, ugh, my skin is so gross. Stop it. Interrupt. Mirror, towel, toothbrush. Just stop it, right? You don't have to look in the mirror and say, you're so beautiful, I love you. No, you can just stop it. And then when you have energy, come back. You are beautiful. You are enough. You are amazing. So try it out. Something else I want to talk about. I did a little post about this on Instagram recently. Um, Kind of goes along with it, but thinking about you get what you focus on. And um, I have a lot of friends in my life that tell me a lot of things about their exes. Um, I probably have six or seven people in my life right now. I know a lot about their ex-wives, ex-girlfriends, ex-boyfriends, ex-husbands. Why? Because they talk about them all the time. And... um, I didn't, I didn't really notice it until it was, there was one day where I was around four or five different people and every single one of them told me long stories and lots of information about their exes. And I was like, I cannot believe how many people have told me about their exes today. Like, I don't even care. I don't want to know these people. These are exes. They don't want to know these people. Why do I want to know about these people? Why do my friends think I want to know anything about their ex? I'm never going to meet them. I don't care. Um, so, and then I went, oh, I talk about my exes way too much. It was like a spotlight on me, especially recently. Um, I just started dating someone and I found that I compare this current person to an ex. And I was like, while it's a lovely thing to say, wow, the reason why I didn't work out with that other person is because clearly some of these check boxes were not checked and it was never going to work. And it's interesting to say, okay, I'm glad I trusted my gut because that wasn't going to work. And what I have found now works in that way. But I don't need to talk about that. I don't need to tell this person, hey, my ex didn't do this and you do. I mean, how does that serve anybody? So it was a really big wake up call for myself to say, uh, I don't need to talk about my ex. And if I do, I can refer to it as, you know, a former friend. Uh, A former friend once did this and it didn't serve me, but even that. So I like to sum it up as water your flowers, not your weeds. (laughs) 
What do you have currently in your life that's big and beautiful and wonderful? Focus on, pay attention to, and nurture that. Um, do not pull up your weeds and wave them in the face of all your friends and be like, look what I used to be tortured with. Nobody cares. I don't care. I don't want to know. Like, especially if you have a wonderful, beautiful life. Don't pay attention to the weeds. It's good to learn from our mistakes, but then, you know, how long? I like to take things to the absurd. How long are you going to spend talking about and thinking about your ex? Two years? Five years? Ten years? Let's put a time limit on it. Fifteen years, I'm going to talk about my ex, and then I'm going to be done. Okay. Awesome. Why 15? Can we cut it off at 10? Can we Maybe a year? Like, how long do we want to bring the past into the future? How, how long? I just realized this, that I was doing this, um, and, I'm, and I'm stopping. It's taking a little effort because it's amazing how often I think about it, and I think everybody wants to know. Nobody wants to know. Nobody wants to know about my ex. They're irrelevant to my life now. They're especially irrelevant to the life of any of my friends. So just a reminder, your ex is an ex for a reason and nobody wants to know your ex. If you don't want to know your ex, nobody else wants to know your ex either. A lot of really great first dates are ruined when all you hear about is the ex. I've been on first dates where literally I know everything about someone's relationship history and nothing about them. It's like, I'm so glad I know all about all of your exes. I don't know one thing about you except that you've had a lot of really crazy people in your life. So stop talking about your exes, especially if you're dating. If you go on a date, don't mention your ex. Nobody wants to know anything about them, especially the person you're dating. So this has become quite the rando podcast. What else is new in my life? Um, I just mentioned I'm dating someone. It's really, really fun. I've often said like I don't date. And um, dating apps suck, you guys. I don't know. Those of you who are on dating apps, I don't know how you do it. I've been on them. I've done the swiping thing. And then I get so disgusted by it that I just, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so I'm grateful, A, that I didn't meet somebody on a dating app. And B, that I don't ever have to do that again. I'm never doing it again. If I end up single um, again, I'm never doing the dating apps because it doesn't serve me. I don't like it. I've always said if I date someone, it's going to have to be someone that I actually know and have a relationship or friendship with. And that's exactly what has happened. A really, really good friend of mine turned um, into a romantical connection. So I'm very excited about it. I try not to talk a lot about my personal life on Instagram and on the podcast. So I'm not going into major details, but um, I'm really happy. It's really fun to explore love. It's really fun to explore the things that come up when you have someone in a relationship. What's interesting about being in a relationship is there are parts of your personality that then bang up against parts of the personality of someone else and you will learn a lot about yourself. Like living alone, I don't have anybody to challenge me, no one bothers me, I'm by myself. But as soon as there's someone in this space, it's like, oh wow, I really am a control freak. I really, really, really hate that the ice machine spills ice all over and I want that person to never touch the ice machine. Um, I realize I'm really controlling and um, I have really, really small things that annoy me and I wouldn't have known that about myself except that there's somebody here in my space sometimes. So, I mean, it doesn't help that I live in a teeny tiny condo full of sandy workout gear and there's not really any room, but... It's been an interesting experience for Kristen to learn how to navigate being around someone else. So lots of growth opportunities happening there. Lastly, I'm going to talk about breath work. So I don't know if you've ever heard of breath work, but um, I did a podcast recently about my hypnosis experience, which was, uh, it was amazing. I highly recommend hypnosis, especially with someone that you trust, um, especially if you're in Miami, um, Miami Wellness Room. You must consider looking them up and looking into hypnosis. It's amazing. Um, and so that opened my heart to other, other things that I could do to explore um, the inside of my being. And... 
I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please share it. Please subscribe on iTunes, leave a review. It really helps me get out into podcasting world. And again, I would love to help you reach your diet, weight loss, health goals. And all you have to do is donate and you get access to the Kristen experience, which is going to be all things Kristen, all things helping you reach your goals. Let me help you. There are no barriers to you reaching your goals, especially because you can give whatever you can and I'm going to give you everything that I can. So thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time in podcast world.